All right, everyone, welcome back. Andrea Klein has dedicated her life to her passion of training barrel horses. She is a BBR 1D world champion, Texas circuit final qualifier, multiple time fraternity champion, and her horses are known for going on and winning after they leave her program. She has rode horses for some of the best in the industry, like Charmaine James and Molly Powell, and continues to train top-level horses today. Her story isn't without its ups and downs, however, and she has had to overcome some serious obstacles to be able to do what she is doing today. Her story is one of motivation, dedication, and the will to succeed, and we are grateful to have the opportunity to sit down with her at the Pink Buckle. You'll hear some background Pink Buckle sounds, but we had the opportunity to sit down outside of her stalls and enjoy the weather. We couldn't pass it up. We hope you enjoy. If you haven't already, don't forget to use code MONEYBARREL15 with our partners at BarrelRacing.com to get a great discount to their site. Train smarter, not harder this year. Let BarrelRacing.com help you out. This week's episode is brought to you by Top Shelf Breeders. Top Shelf Breeders is an incentive program to bring big opportunities to our West Coast barrel racers. Stallions and mares can enroll to make their progeny eligible for big-time bonuses. All ages of eligible horses can be enrolled for just $350 until December 1st, 2022. Visit TopShelfBreeders.com to find out more today. All right, Andrea, you're up. This is The Money Barrel. All right, it is a beautiful day at the Pink Buckle, and we were able to talk to Andrea Klein. We're actually sitting outside of her stalls right now um, after she had run in the Derby, so if you hear a little bit of background noise, that's why, Um, but we're so excited to be able to do this in person. Finally. Finally. (laughs) I know. We did talk about it. We've talked about it since Colorado Classic a year ago, I (laughs) think. So so finally, um, what do you have with you at the Pink Buckle this week? Just... Peachy, Juicy, and Jane. Just okay. those two. That's it. Just two. Just two. How's your runs gone so far? Um, Janie did really good. She's She really hasn't had a fraternity year. She got injured at the end of March, and I haven't run her. This I haven't been able to run her because she's been injured. So Pink Buckle was our runs back, and she did great. Oh, good. Um, and then Peach, she did good. I hit the first barrel. Today, she ran an O. I think we would have ended up third. Oh. I was upsetting. Gosh, I was so upset. Gosh, she's, I watched that room. Yeah, she looked great. She's, yeah, she's been coming along. She was one of your colts from last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, she was fraternity horse last year as a five-year-old. So she's six now. Um, But I had her, we had her in training as a three-year-old, but I just don't run her as a four-year-old. Like, she just, it just wasn't going to work. So we actually sent her down to just my sister rope. So she oh, started okay. roping, and then we sent her down to Justin Moss oh. to actually come out of the box, and he loved her, loved her. So she's a really nice breakaway horse. Oh, that's hilarious! Like, yeah, like kind of a top end, but she's such a great barrel horse. So I'm like, how? Oh, hi. <laughs> she's she's a blazing Jetalina out of out who? of that Essex Frenchman's Peach. Okay, she's so a great mare. Yeah, yeah, bred to be a barrel horse. Right. It also yeah. a rope horse. I love it. Yeah. And she is, man. She's really good. So. Well, um, you know, before we kind of get into your current program now, besides these two, we always like to start a little bit about your background. I just always find it so interesting to see, you know, how people got into this as a career and the industry and everything. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into horses. Did you grow up with them? Yeah, I did grow Excuse me. I did grow up with them. Um, 
but I really didn't know anything about barrels until I think I was in eighth grade. I knew nothing about it. I just rode. So where I'm from <clears throat> in Nevada and California, there's land and there's government land. So we could go and ride all day. Yeah. And, you know, in Texas, it's, pri it's private land. You can't do that, at least where I live. So that's, so I've been around horses my whole life. And then, where'd you live in, or where'd you grow up in California? Bishop, California. Is that so northern? It's more like Nevada. It's really okay. not. It's really, when you think of California, you don't think of Bishop. Okay. It's um, Bishop is not near anything at all. So for me, when I was barrel racing in from Bishop, the closest barrel race was like Gardnerville, Nevada, and that was three and a half, four hours away. Oh wow! Yes. So. Um, it, it was not economical <laughs> and like it just wasn't so that's why I didn't stay in California okay because you know a lot of people me included if you think of California it's so you hard do. sometimes to think of just barrel racing in general yeah you know I know there's great rodeos and stuff yeah. but when did you end up moving to Texas in I think it was 1989 okay so you've been there for a little while oh long yeah <laughs> long time and um I just decided that I I want a barrel race. I was a dumb kid. Dumb. Dumb kid. I want a barrel race, and I can't do it from Bishop. So I'm going to Texas. No plan. I had no plan. But I didn't have kids, and I wasn't married. So I just packed up my stuff. And let, my dad did tell me. He's like, you know, okay, you know, you, you got your bedroom when you come back. You know, which was a good, that was a comfort, because at least I knew I had a place to go back to. Right. But I was going to Texas and I was going to be a good barrel racer because that's where the good barrel racers were. That's awesome. <laughs> did you, was this after high school, after college? Um, I, I did a little bit of college. Um, I, yeah, I graduated high school, did a little bit of college, and that was, it just, no, wasn't for me. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I. Besides like, barrel race. Like, literally, a dumb kid and no <laughs> plans at all, just kind of like. Did you I, have anybody in Texas you knew or? No. <laughs> no, just no. went for it. So where'd you go in Texas? I went, so I, I did ha have somewhat of a plan, somewhat, because I had some friends in Nevada that had relatives in Zephyr, Texas, okay. who didn't know me from Adam. <laughs> but I'm like, well, they're related, so I might be able to get over there. I mean, how dumb. Oh, that's like, so funny. I don't know. I didn't have, I don't know. I mean, I just was a gypsy, I guess. I just left. But then I also loved Kay Blanford. You know, she was on Yavi at the time. And I'd yep. watch her and she just seemed so bubbly. And she is. like Yeah. And I just found my way in her area. And I found my way to her bar. <laughs> I just stuck my way in That's there. awesome. I, yeah, literally. That's in a fact, good person to go to to learn. <laughs> I know. Thank God. Because it yeah. could have been a bad deal. You know, if she <laughs> yeah. turned out to be a bad person. She's not at all. Yeah. But, um like, I got to that Stockdale, Texas, and kept my horses at the fairgrounds. I mean, I had no plan. You guys, I was dumb. <laughs> like, That's what? awesome. I love it. But Just that, go for it. Yeah. So, so you did have horses with you? I had two horses. And uh, and I laugh because I tell the story, and it's 100% true. But I had this one horse. Like, I had sold. I had a pretty nice horse, but I sold her to buy this other horse because he was faster. Okay. Um, so I bought this other horse, and then I had the sister to the one that I sold. So I had those two with me and moved to Texas. And the faster horse, <laughs> I thought he was the greatest. You know, I was like, this is, I got me a fast horse. I'm going to go to the NFR and I'm going to go, I'm going to go 
I'm going to let Kay Blanford borrow him as her back horse. Like, that's literally what I thought. She's going to want to borrow him and I'm going to let her. Like, that's what I, that's my thought. <laughs> I get to Kay's and I'm riding and I remember I'm working my horse and she's like, your horse doesn't even know its job. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to take this one to the finals today. <laughs> and, and I mean, I'm deflated. Yeah. But I took it and then she had me get on Yavi and I was scared. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I yeah, know. she let you get on. She's like, This is how, here, you need to get on him and see what a horse they're supposed wow. to be like. And I'm like, Oh, what if I ruin him? She's like, You're not going to ruin him. There's, you know, how dare you say that? You know, <laughs> okay, so I did. And wow, I mean, he just did it. Yeah. She's like, That's how they're supposed to feel. Okay. So I rode with her every day. Like, oh. I rode with her. And I, you know, just a sponge. I just soaked it up. Yeah. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So how long did you stay there? Um, well, Who I, else did you, you know, ride with? I did with? have to get a job. So okay. I ended up getting a janitor job in Floresville. So that's, I, I was a janitor for a while. It was at the school there. And, and so I was able to ride and, and then, and then I found another job like managing a restaurant in Lavernia and so that's like how I paid my bills. Okay. I would go to barrel races when I could. And, and then, you know, I'm kind of looking back on history here. And then um, I had fallen in with the Huttons because they all lived in Stockdale. And he would travel around and, and sell tack. And I would do that with them. It wasn't a full time. It was just like part, you know, whenever they needed to go somewhere, I'd fall in with them. Well, then... Bart started a company of insurance adjusting. Oh. And grand like I, I was one of the first ones that started with his company. Okay. And got grandfathered in. And so that I was able to make some money then. Okay. And so that's how I was able to actually afford a trailer and afford a truck and a you know afford a real horse. And, yeah. You know, like and kinda had a, a cushion a little bit to actually be able to do something, you know, okay. and, and have something. <laughs> so, so you always had some horses on the side, but yeah, then did, and I, we call that a real job. Right. So. <laughs> and so, like, I never, I didn't train other people's horses. I, I mean, I just was doing my own. But then, if, you know, somewhere along the way, I don't remember the date or anything, but somewhere along the way, a friend of mine, her name is Lori Wells, she sent me a horse to, to train. I was like, oh, okay, you know, and I didn't. And it turned out nice. And yeah. It just kind of, word of mouth, it just kind of, I didn't set out to be a barrel to go yeah. and ride horses. Yeah, that's all I wanted to do. And then somewhere along the way, though, I kind of had to face reality that um, you're, you're not, you gotta pay like you gotta pay bills, and it's not like I have this come from a really wealthy family or anything. Yeah. So it's like reality, you know, reality did hit me, and so it's like I really had to stay doing my insurance. And, yeah. And then dabble with nice horses when I could. So did you buy? Trained horses? Did um, you buy young horses in this time? At that, no. At that time, they were like off the track horses. Okay. Heritage Place. Okay. Quite, quite a few at Heritage Place. And I did happen to get a few really actually nice horses that came out of the Heritage Sale. Um, and trained them and, and went to, and they were like, they had the speed. Yeah. And they were like, they were nice horses. Yeah. And they, those, one was named Six and the other one was named Carlos. And really, they were probably the first ones that kind of, put me on the map as far as okay. like you heard my name and people were like oh watch what was know. their registered names uh one was redeeming pride and the other one was six's opportunity okay um and six 
sixes, he ended up being a pretty bad bleeder. Oh. And so I ended up having to turn him out. I couldn't get him to quit bleeding. And then Carlos, he did, he did well. We did really well, actually. And then, you know, he just, like, found other horses. You know, just kind of kept going on. And I ended up selling Carlos. Um, that was his name, Carlos. Okay. And so, um, you know, along the way, along that insurance stuff, I, I got to dabble. And, and uh, I'm trying to remember here. So I know that Charmaine had contacted me and sent me a few horses. And one of the horses that she sent was Streak Sense. And I really liked him. I, I really liked him. I rode him about three weeks, and then I was like, hey, would you sell him? You know. And she did. She's like, yeah, sure. I'll sell him. So, so what did, I mean, for somebody that worked in Inches, Jester, learn from Kay Blanford, obviously, but, yeah. like, what did Charmaine see when she's like, I'm going to go, Yeah. this girl's going to ride my horses when I'm rodeoing. Well, you know, like, you might have to ask her that, because <laughs> I can't that's say. That's a pretty big compliment. I, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. But, you know, she had moved to Bernie. So then she was in my area. Okay. And so um, I had gone, to, I had been to a couple of her clinics too. Though. Oh, okay. So, like, I had been to a couple of her clinics. So she probably got to see that. I'm guessing, I can't yeah. answer for her. But um, but the other deal too is, like, before even all that, I was using the same chiropractor she was using. Okay. So, like, I believed in that and I believed in the dentistry. Like, you know, and I read a lot of what, you know, a lot of talk, a lot of what she put out there, like, if if she believes in it, it's, I'm going to do that too. Because, right. you know, same with Kay. If they're doing this, then it's the right thing. They're winners. Yeah. So, you know, I, and, and I'm, you know, I wanted to ride with people that were better than me. So, right. um, so I think when Charmaine got in the area and, you know, we'd be at the same barrel races together, I'm guessing that that she saw and that she's she, like, all right. Yeah. And so... I think she already knew, man, I was going to take care of them horses. Yeah. And she knows when I bring them horses around her, like, she she mentioned a couple of times, she's like, oh, they like you. You know, you, you just kind of know. Yeah. So, um, but I do remember she sent me a horse that, he was a struggle for me. And I was trying to do everything her way, you know, not doing things I do. So finally I just called him, I'm like, man, I just, I'm just not getting it done. And she's like, look, you need to do what you do. There's, that's the reason why I sent him to you. Yeah. Do what you do. And I mean, as soon as I had that conversation with her. It was like, I'm telling you, probably the next week we started winning. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, like, such a good example, though, because, you know, I I love watching, and, you know, everybody loves watching to see people, but if you just try to do what everybody else is doing, it doesn't yeah, work that was for you. A big it lesson. generally does That was a big lesson. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's a lot of what I do that I that modeled after her, you know, because when I was in... When I was back in California, right, you know, at home, right, and I did, my dad did get me in, in under a dressage lady, so okay. I, so I rode under dressage for a long time. I didn't show or go to shows. I didn't care about it that much, but I did apply it to the horses and the training. So, so tell us a little bit about that. Not, not to move off That's the path, right. but yeah. I've always, I find that really interesting when like other industries, especially English industries, like really can translate to barrel well, racing. so like that dressage, it's kind of like an, an English reining. Like, mm-hmm. I can manipulate those horses' bodies, and, you know, I can move hips. And so mm-hmm. I understand where their where their bodies are and where they need to be from that dressage training. And granted, I didn't compete. I didn't care mm-hmm. about it. But I can manipulate horses and how they move from that riding under that dressage trainer. Okay. And I learned a lot from her. A lot. Like, man... But, you know, I might yeah. not know the terms. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I know where that horse is. I know, I know where they, their feet are. Yeah. And from feel. Yeah. And, and where, where I, you know, I can usually tell what's going to happen before. Now, sometimes <laughs> it's, you know, just cause that doesn't mean it happens in a run, you know, <laughs> it's going so fast, but, but I, when they're, you know, when I'm at home, yeah, I can make them do it, you know, move their, you yep. know, you know, move the hind in and, and put them where I need to put them and set that up in their pattern where they, you know, they'll have that for the rest of their life, no matter who gets them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's, so that's back, you know, back before I came to Texas. Yeah. But. but. So when you started riding some colts for Charmaine, was there a point that you were like, well, maybe this could be my career? Maybe I train horses full time? Well, there was, I want, there was a, I don't remember, I don't know the dates on this, so. <laughs> Um, I know that Florida, there was like four hurricanes that came through Florida. It was like one right after the other. Bam, bam, bam. And then one came up on the panhandle. And I think that was Hurricane Charlie. And whatever year that was, I was just working, 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 working. And then I kind of had to make a choice at that point. Like, because every time I'm out there, I just want to get back home and ride horses. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I just have to either make this work or not like I'm either gonna have to be a full-time insurance adjuster and just forget it you know forget the horses and just one or the other and just you know make it work or don't and mm-hmm. I just you know I made the poor man's way <laughs> I made the choice <laughs> of the poor man's way and go but it's fulfilling you know it's yeah. like yeah. fulfilling so I chose the horses and I want I do want to say though that there was the Katrina storm I think that came after the Florida storm. I don't remember. But I did go back. I did work Katrina. That was a huge storm. Yeah, that probably kept you a little busy. Yeah, busy and, and and got the bank account pretty good. And You know, and then it was like, okay, I'll never see a storm like this again. I mean, yeah. this is unreal. And sad and all that. I mean, there was lots of sadness in that storm. Um, the devastation. And, and so... I want to say pretty much Katrina was, I think, I think, I think Katrina was like my last one. Did you, when you moved to like a career, was it more young horses? Did you take in fixer horses? No, I took in, um, I took in older horses that people were having problems with. Okay. So I really didn't, I really didn't do any of the fraternities until I moved. That was, so this is all happening down in, down in San Antonio area. Mm -hmm. And then I, see, I happened to break down up by Weatherford. And when I broke down, I was stuck up there for like a week and a half. And I'm like, man, this is way easier to do it up here because there's more stuff. So once again, I make a decision and I just do it. You so just I'm like, I'm moving. And I move. I'm like, I move. <laughs> move. And, and uh, now I'm grounded, though, because I bought a place. Like, this is okay. I own this. Like, I, no more moving. Like, yeah. I've got to stay here unless it's, you know, like a big production. Yeah. Know? So, um. But that, I want to say that's kind of when I started getting into fraternities because a customer came and wanted me to fraternity. Okay. So, you know, I just kind of go with whatever's in the barn. Whatever, where does that horse need to go? That's where I'll go. That's what I'll do. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, you had success at the rodeos, at the fraternity level, at the open races. So, I mean, it's really not just been like one niche of the industry. No, it really, and really it has been like, okay... What do you want to do? What's your goal with this particular horse? And then, 
if it can make it or it can't make it, I'll let them know. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. What do you want to do with your horse? That's nice to be able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And like right, riding all like riding all those tune-up horses, and I learned you learn a lot. Yeah. On you know other people's mistakes and other people's trainings. I don't like to do it anymore. I'm getting too old now. Now I'm like ah, I don't want to. Do now, that. now I just want to start it myself. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. But it teaches you a lot. What um. You, you said you got that Streak Sense horse from Charmaine, uh-huh. and I know you won quite a bit on him. Yeah, yeah. Was he kind of like that big first time, like standout probably, horse? Probably. You know, for, for me, it was the Carlos horse because in yeah. my area, yeah. like I was probably like a big fish in a little pond. In yeah. That, yeah. With Carlos. And then um, Streak came along, and at the same time, I was riding her horse, Charlie, and she, I mean, that horse was so cool. He was a little, a little bit older. Yeah. And just, gosh, he was so fun to run. And then Street came along, and he wasn't finished. She had started, and, and he was patterned, but he wasn't seasoned by any means. And so, um, and he was, like, even though he was probably a little difficult, because you really had to have your timing really perfect for his first barrel. And I could probably count on one hand how many times he had a perfect first barrel. Yeah. I didn't worry about it. It was like, whatever, you know, whatever. We'll just, okay, I got to sit down early. He's going to go past a little bit. He's fast enough. He'll still clock. I just didn't worry about it. I just, we didn't have a good first barrel. And that's probably why we won so much because I just didn't make, turn it into a monster. It just, I mean, that's, it just was that's like. That's valuable advice. Yeah. Like, it's just not a, not a big deal. He's not, there's not a perfect horse. There's not. So. It was like, okay, sit down early and, okay, you know, and I would, in the run, okay, we go past, whatever. Yeah, that. And the other two were probably going to be wicked, and it was. Right? That kind of reminds me of, like, watching Haley and Sister sometimes now. Like, Sister will go by the first, and Haley doesn't do any, like, she just whatever. sits there, lets him go, and yeah. then still can win, yeah. but if you start nitpicking yeah, on them. Yeah, don't nitpick then on them, you'll ruin their world. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to, the rest of it's going to fall apart because you're so focused right. on, yeah. you know, fixing the one thing. This week's episode is brought to you by Top Shelf Breeders. Top Shelf Breeders is an incentive program to bring big opportunities to our West Coast barrel racers. The Top Shelf Breeders incentive program not only offers side pots across the West Coast at big barrel races and rodeos, they also have an annual race that is not one to miss. Entries close on October 20th for the first annual Top Shelf Breeders barrel race held in Fallon, Nevada, October 26th through the 29th. And you can enter at saddlebook.com. They have a projected payout of over $300,000, and you can roll your time to the extreme mini-million each day for even more chances to win big checks. Get your eligible foals enrolled and head to Fallon so you don't miss out. Remember, stallions and mares can enroll to make their progeny eligible for big-time bonuses. All ages and eligible horses can be enrolled for just $350 until December 1st, 2022. Visit TopShelfBreeders.com to find out more today. What are some other horses that you've had that have either taught you the most because they've been really difficult or that you've won a lot on? I mean, I, people really like to hear the stories kind of behind those horses behind that those have, horses. like, made that career. Yeah. So, Streak, since he was probably a little more difficult, just I didn't realize that he was as hard to ride until I got Stitches, Streak, and Fame, or Moses. Okay. Um, and I got him. The breeders gave him to me. Um to help with their firewater to fame stallion. 
and oh, and so yes. I trained him. I forgot and about he, him. That horse was amazing. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a freak, but he was easy in the pattern. He wasn't easy anywhere else, but in the pattern, he was a freak. He, um, um, I remember training him, and he trained up easy. Gosh dang, he trained up easy. He was but a big, beautiful he was buck a big, skin, right? No, he was a bay. Oh, okay. He was a big bay, and um, and when he warmed up, he was embarrassing. He was off the wall, like just I'd want to go by myself, <laughs> you know, or just walk most of the time. I mean, he was embarrassing. But when that was he like that at home? He uh, he he didn't start off that way. Um, it what he did he changed as soon about the third run when I started running him. Like, I want to say the first run, we were in the 3D. The second run, we were in the 2D. And the third run, we were in the 1D, and he stayed in the 1D. Okay. But, and I want to say that's kind of when he changed. Okay. And I'm like... You got that confidence. I guess. I mean, I guess. And, you know, I'm going to cater to him because he's a winner. Um, but he was embarrassing. And when then, when that alleyway came up, man, he was... He couldn't wait to run those barrels. And, you like, I remember going... In his first year... They're loading bulls somewhere, and he lost his mind. I mean, he did anyway, but he really <laughs> lost his mind. And I thought, oh, God, this is, well, he's probably not going to make the pattern. It was so bad. But, I mean, as soon as that, as soon as he went down the other way, it's like those brains fell down on his head. And, I mean, I think he broke the arena record. Really? <laughs> he was unbelievable. Oh. Yeah. So he was just, you know, just, just, I would just pony him. God, I didn't, he was just hard. Hard Away from the, the barrel pattern was the easiest. Mm-hmm. That was the easiest, but everywhere else was hard. So, ponium, like keep him exercise ponium. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's funny. Um, but he was—he's probably the one that most people know about. Was Moses? Is he the one that you won the BBR World on? No, that was Streak. But the okay. second year, I was reserve on him. Oh, okay. And we ran the same exact time. Really? Yes, to the thousand. That's what's funny. Wow. On the two different horses? On the two different horses. Wow. I won it uh, with a 15.263 on Street, and then I came back the next year on Moses, ran a 15.263 and was reserved. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's a good time. Yeah. Good time to run it up yeah. then. Um, and what about, like, some hard, like harder horses? Do you have some? Oh, I've got, yeah, I've got some stories. Um, so <laughs> share, Jana share Guthrie. You know Jana Guthrie? Yep. Okay, she runs those two horses. Waylon James and Ferocious Lady Chaser. I I trained both of those horses. Um, they're both world beaters. Yeah. And I knew that. But I had a head injury. Okay. Waylon tried to, he bucked me off one or two times and would try a lot. I have a head injury. I don't need to be doing that no more. Right. So I sold him to Carlos. Carlos loved him. Carlos did great on him. Yeah. And, you know, like, he, he, they needed each other. Yep. Carlos needed that horse needed Carlos because I there's no way. Like when I got after him, it was like I'm, I, I was so weak and I had no business riding a horse like that with my head injury. Yeah. So, um, so then ferocious lady chaser is another one broke both my arms. He bucked so hard, broke oh. both my arms from me hanging on. Oh my gosh! Shredded it like, and so but I knew what he was, so I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. He had kissing spine. Okay. And so I had the surgery done. Gave him some time off. Had Carlos ride him. And Carlos sent him back. He's good. Good. Okay, so I get on him. And I I, I remember I took him down to Parker County and we ran we did good, like ran a fifteen eight. It's not like I'm you know, easy fifteen eight. He's low he high loped a fifteen eight. Mm-hmm. And then I get him home the next day. 
a couple days later, Bucks again breaks my jaw. I'm like, okay, I'm, I cannot. I'm I'm too hurt. I yeah. cannot take these horses on anymore like this. Yeah. So, so you know, so Carlos maintains him. Carlos rides him, and Jana wins everything on him. I was going to say, and both horses are winners. I'm, didn't right. she just win? Yeah, um, she's the sec- second place here. I was going to say, I watched Ferris Lady yeah. Chaser, but she won the extreme on yeah. Wayland this year. Yeah. 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 So, they're, they're both like, I'm like, those are world beaters. And I know I trained them. I know exactly what they are. Yeah. I know exactly what they are. And so, and there's a reason why they liked them so much when they got on them because yeah. they felt, they felt something, you know, so, yeah. so, you know, that's, it's kind of a little bit of a heartbreak simply because I, I just couldn't do it. You yeah. know, I just, they weren't for me and I'm glad that Jan is doing so good on them and Carlos is huge instrumental in keeping mm-hmm. those horses winning mm-hmm. and, but you know, like that was a little hard. Yeah. I've kind of experienced that recently too, but like. You know, a lot of times I just think people always assume, like, you're selling horses, you know, something's wrong with yeah. them or stuff like that. And sometimes well, and I was just super doesn't, honest with them. doesn't like, jive. I will tell them everything. Yeah. Like, this horse, yeah. So Carlos knew all about it. Yeah. He knew. He but they took everything. them and the, you put the foundation on them and yeah. they're still. Yeah, and they're, they're successful. But you could have also nitpicked them or tried to yeah, bring them down a level yeah, that and gonna work, then yeah. ruin them. And, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no. Um, so those are two that, like. They're nice horses, but I couldn't do it. I yeah. just couldn't do it. Um, well, everybody has ups and downs in their careers, and we have had questions before about, you know, overcoming hard times and stuff. And so I did want to ask you a little bit, you know, about your accident and how you overcame it, because I know it's taking you time, yeah. but you're back, I mean, you're back running. Didn't you were like 16 eights here last year on your dirty colts? Yeah. On the bubbly yeah. horse and I'm stuff. So bubbly. like yeah. clearly you, you, you worked really hard to do that. Yeah. But will you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the accident itself, I don't remember. Like I don't remember it and I don't have memory of it. Okay. So it's like, even though it's my memory, it's not because I don't remember. I don't right. remember that day. I don't remember there were, you know, there were, there were girls there, but I don't remember. When so, was it? It was uh, January 17, 2016. Okay. So, um, you know, like, I don't, I know that, that, that those girls were there, but I don't remember, you know, like, yeah. I don't remember. I just don't. It's just not my memory. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, I, I don't, like, I don't even remember what the horse looks like. I remember kind of remember his maybe I don't remember I don't even remember his name I thought I did but I what I do remember is that he'd come in a couple few days earlier but I didn't like how he acted and at the time I didn't have a round pin okay and so I at least was smart enough to not ride horses by myself especially horses that I didn't know and this horse I'm like man I just didn't like how he acted I just they're just I just didn't like it so I, I know that that day I had saddled him first and I left him saddled all day. Okay. That's all I know. Hmm. Now, um, the way I, over, you know, I know that my head in, in whatever, the head took the brunt and it hit on the left side. The brain bounced in the head and that second impact hit screwed my eyes up. Okay. And so. Was it a, a buck off or just dealing with them? Something? The girls we all think that I don't. I don't think they they saw it. Okay. I don't think anybody saw. It. Okay. 
um, we think that the horse probably felt my whole right side of my everything was bruised like down my leg but again I don't remember I don't have any memory for like 11 days oh wow so uh, I I think I was knocked out for about 35 to 45 minutes oh my gosh I don't you know I don't I was in ICU but I don't remember none of it I don't remember Jack so um, so that's probably a blessing because I don't remember mm-hmm. like, I don't, no memory um, so I started getting some memory, um, in the rehab hospital. Okay. So even making it into the rehab hospital, I was a blessing because there was a nurse in there that advocated for me to get into the rehab hospital. Okay. And I don't even know who she is. You know, I, yeah. you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. So was it, uh, I mean, obviously like a traumatic brain injury, a traumatic brain injury and, and I, I like memory. I had yeah. no memory, and I didn't like I didn't have memory from ten minutes. So my my mom and my sister were the, came in for stayed in the hospital with me, um, but like I couldn't I didn't know that I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. Oh really? I couldn't walk. So I I throw back the covers like I was gonna go to the bathroom, and they had to stop me. They're like, you can't walk. Oh, I can't. You know, like <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I had to learn how to walk again. Um, you know, like I just, I, I do it because I still suffer today. Like I have a numbness in my right hand and my right, my right toes and my right fingers. Um, and I used to be real numb around my mouth. So sometimes like I would have to slow down my speech because it was hard to speak sometimes yeah. and, and form words. Um, so when I would get like that, I would just slow down. And, and then I started to find out that outside people, they had no idea. So I just, when I started having trouble, I would just slow down and like you guys would have no clue. Really? But I knew. Yeah. So I just would kind of figure out some of those things. And and when I got, you know, I I wasn't allowed to leave that rehab hospital until I could walk without a walker. And so. Uh, How I, long did that take? I think, you know, I'd have to ask my sister this, but I think, it, I think it was like 10 days. Oh, wow. So it took a while. And I remember, I do remember walking with the nurse and we had to go outside. And I remember, like, the nurse having to show me, okay, these are steps. But I couldn't see them. So, like, no depth perception at all. Really? None. So, um, like, she'd have to tell me where the steps were. And I'd have to, you know. And, and I kind of make fun of myself. Like, I, I would be like, I have to walk with a 40-foot swath. I'd have to really widen my legs and walk yeah. like that. You know? So, and I would just make fun of myself. and, and But in my mind, like... I remembered how to walk, you know, yeah. but I just had to retrain everything, so I would just pretend like I could walk. <laughs> and I, or when I was around people, I would just pretend like I was not. Pretend like, you know, I would act like, I would be an actress, and I would just act like I was small. Really? Mm-hmm. How, so when you, did you, were you able to go home, or yeah. did you have somebody live yeah. with you? Yeah, my mom. I mean, and you had to relearn everything. My mom and my sister were like, you know, thank God. Yeah. Um, they were, my mom came, I forget how long, she probably was there for like, a, I don't have to ask her. <laughs> she was there for a long time. My time, my my remembrance of time and how I deal with time is, I still have a difficult time with the concept of time. So when I got out of the hospital, I couldn't. Hmm. I could I could not. Like, if I had a memory, I'm, I would mix up timelines bad. Like, I might have a memory, and I would think it was five years ago, and it might have been yesterday. 
oh wow or a memory from five years ago and i would think it was yesterday i timelines got really screwed up so um, the calendar became like and pretty soon then i then i would have to start remembering things based on events so Mm -hmm. okay there was this barrel race and then this happened after that barrel race like and that's how i would have to remember certain events in life based on when it happened compared to a fraternity. I mean, that's just how I had to do it. I no. just, the concept of time was. And so what did you do for your vision? So the, the vision, um, and again, thank God my mom and my sister were in the room when the nurses were talking, because there's no way I would have remembered. Yeah. Like I think about this now and I'm like, thank God this didn't happen during COVID because mm-hmm. nobody was allowed in the hospital room. Mm-hmm. There's no way I could have taken that information. They wrote down the name of an eye doctor that a nurse told him about and said he was the greatest. Called him up, and he damn sure was the greatest. Like, um, the, you know, the, the nurses were like, you know, I had to wear a patch over mm-hmm. the eye because it was so bad. You know, But I couldn't communicate it. I just knew that, like, you know, I'm, like, looking, and I'm, like, like I'm looking for something over here, like, and it would move. Like, oh, I couldn't figure out what was going on. I just knew something wasn't right. Yeah. Something, you know, something wasn't right, so... But that, that, that eye doctor, you know, he had all that he knew. Like, he figured it out like that. And then, wow. Yeah, got glasses. I mean, these are these huge prism glasses that have these astronomical high numbers. And so, like, I have my second pair of glasses that were prism. They're so, like, oh, my God, I can't even imagine. Like, they're so bad. Really? <laughs> Holy crap. But, um, but then he suggested going to vision therapy. You know, what vision therapy? But thank God, I I learned so much about that. If I don't think I would have got my vision back if it wasn't for that. So there was just a lot of blessings, a lot of people that came in, that were in my life, that came in my life, that just the right people at the right time. And thank God my parents were there and my mom and my sister were there to get the information. That's, that's so scary. And yeah. And all so, of a sudden, everything you do is yeah, not like doable anymore. So, you know, that happened when I was like 41 years old. So, you know, I'm a certain way for 41 years and then everything changes. And when, you know, there are things I can't do that I used to did for 41 years and I can't do it no more. How long did it take you to, I guess, to get back to 100%? Yeah, or, um, you know, you already said that you still have like some numbness. Yeah, so, I still have. Still some lingering and I still effects, have some vision but, stuff and, um, um, some speech stuff. I still have, you know, some of that stuff, and and just some of the thought processes are totally different now. Um, hmm. But like when I got home, um, first off, I will say this: that I do remember, like, any time anybody started to talk about things that I couldn't do, I do know that I would shut it out. Yeah, and I amazing ability to not even hear them, like couldn't even hear you like I wouldn't even take it in so there was never I knew I was gonna be able to walk like I, what like yeah. I, there was no question it, there was never a doubt in my yeah head. so that was gonna happen um it was just gonna take a little bit longer so like every day I just um I would add something on like I would go in and work out every morning and <clears throat> it might even be like standing on one leg just stand on one leg for three seconds. Work on the balance. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I couldn't even do that. So I'd have to back it up to two seconds. You know, just, okay. So I'd just back it up to two. The next day I'll go to three. That's how, like, little tiny steps. Yeah. And then, and then, so then I got good at that. And then I would look up. 
oh god, that was hard. Like looking up and saying, "I'm on leg." Oh my god, I remember that was tough. And just, just building a little bit, so adding something on every day, whatever that was. And then I do remember. Okay, now I'm walking good. And then, and then, uh, I remember. <laughs> I wanted to go. Uh, we'd kill my lawn. Yeah. And I, you know, just like before in my mind, I'm just gonna go weed kill my lawn. Holy crap. I mean, I was probably pouring sweat because I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know, and I'm out there with my 40 foot swan, <laughs> weed killing my lawn. And I mean, that was like, why is this so hard? You know, yeah. I'm mad at myself because it's so hard. <laughs> just stuff like that. Um, but then I remember, okay, it's time for me to ride. And I picked. His name was T.K. Buglio. He's the gentlest horse, so he's the first one I got on. But when I got on, let me tell you something. That's when I knew, oh, this is this ain't funny. Whole, like, oh my, I got my workout cut out for me. Because, I mean, I when that horse went to walk, I could barely stand on. Really? It was so bad. Oh, god, So bad. So, I don't know. You know, probably the no conception of time probably was a blessing. And my sister, man, she rode all those horses. Like, she took over. Wow. And, you know, she's ridden all of her life. She knows how to place, you know, she's ridden with me. She's just not a brow racer. Yeah. So she just kept them going. Kept them, she just kept them going. Kept them going. And kept their, you know, kept their, she just kept them going. And so, you know, for a while there, I had to have other people jockey them. Yeah. Because I could not. Um, and then it just got to a point where I was like, I'm going to. And then I went to Fort Smith that year. Stupid. You know, and I had no concept of, depth perception yeah. at all so i just trust my training i'm like these horses are trained right i'm just gonna send them out there and they're gonna do it and they did i've made it back to the finals <laughs> was that that same year yes so this accident happened in january and i'm the, at, in the end of may. may stupid oh my god but you could nobody could tell me like they're trying to tell me you don't can't do tell that. me you cannot i am hard strong headstrong so yeah and but then after I remember at Fort Smith, Ryan Fidel. I love Ryan. But Ryan, she looks at, I remember she's looks, she looks at me and she's like, you must be tough. And I'm just, and I was offended that she said that to me because I'm like, I'm faking everybody out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows I'm hurt. Everybody knew I was hurt. Yeah. Know? But I didn't want anybody to know. And, you know, everybody knew. Looking back, are you like, Looking, no, that, that was not smart. Oh, well, yeah, I have lot, I have much more sense now, you know, <laughs> I've healed now, but back then, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, just, and, but I, and thank God they were trained right, because, right, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, just kind of having that determination that's like, you know what, no matter what, yeah, like, we're going to figure it out, tell me I can't yeah. do something, I'm we're going to figure it out, you. So that, I, but I will say after that Fort Smith, man, I, uh, I had, you know, and at the time I didn't know what was happening, but I had got some bad news and I, the way I handled it, I didn't know, I didn't call oh. him, but like it brought me down. I lost so much weight. I was a walking skeleton and Ryan, when that day at, at Fort Smith, Ryan had told me, you know, if you ever need any help, I, I, there's, I have a lady that I live right down the road in Florida and she can help you. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I was just like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. But I called her because I was not good. And she drove me. Really? 
Oh, wow. That's and awesome. So that lady helped a lot. Yeah, just ride your horses. Just getting me to yeah. eat again and oh, okay. strong again. Because I, I couldn't eat. I would want to, but I couldn't. Really? So, like, it's like the brain wouldn't tell me I was hungry. And I couldn't eat. I mean, I was a, I was a walking skeleton. It was so that's like a whole nother set of, you know, aftermath yeah, to deal with. So, I was so weak. Yeah. So weak. So, yeah. so how long did you stay down there and, you know, about two weeks, get yourself back? Yeah, about two weeks. I was, I stayed with her dad. Okay. And, um, and like, I, like I couldn't even walk barely because I was so weak. You know, I learned to walk again and everything. I was doing good. And then I was so weak that I couldn't walk anymore. So, you know, I... She, she did, she helped. Wow. So, she was probably a, a big, she's a homeopath, so she was more natural. Yeah. Uh, and she helped me a lot. So, how how long, you know, from, from that year until you felt like, you know, you, did you kind of get back to training horses? Did you take it slow for a while? I mean, slower after? Well, no, <laughs> because, months, or did because you just I, keep going? I just... I did not want anybody to know that, yeah. it, that it affected me. Yeah. Like, I didn't want them to know, so I just, you know, my sister covered. Like, she covered for me riding those horses. Like, mm. she covered. You know, and I would go I would go out there, and I would try to ride, but I, I, I it wouldn't if it wasn't for her. I, you know, like, she just took over. She took them over. Yeah. And kept them going. So, I, we never quit. We never, just we never kept quit. going. We just kept going. And then... Um, but here's an interesting thing, though, through that whole thing. And I had read this. You know, I'm taking in all this brain injuries, mm-hmm. not really from other people, but from just reading doctors and neurologists and stuff and what they would have to say. But um, what was really interesting was, um, you know, when you get the butterflies mm-hmm. before you run. Well, I didn't get the butterflies after that injury. You can't because the brain gut is a connected, is connected. This is interesting. And so I learned this, that... That um, you cannot, you do not have butterflies at all because there's no connection between because of that injury. Mm-hmm. And it took two years before I finally could, could feel butterflies. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nuts? I yeah. think that's I think that's crazy. I think there's so much about like just how all the body is. Yeah, the brain gut connection. Know. I didn't right. know anything about it, but the brain gut connection. They say that the gut is kind of like the second brain. So that's interesting. You know, huh? Just, you know, just just and it really just like eating healthy like mm-hmm. thank god i wasn't you know eating crap before the injury i think that that was a big deal yeah you know and i and i was fit and i was strong when that injury happened because you know, i damn sure wasn't afterwards but it probably carried me through a little bit thanks for tuning in what a cool story of perseverance and drive If you aren't listening to this episode on the Patreon app, you are missing out on an extended episode with Andrea and a ton of bonus content, like Patreon-exclusive episodes with guests like Lisa Lockhart, Ashley Schaefer, and more. Don't forget to visit TopShelfBreeders.com and check out a program trying to bring big opportunities to West Coast barrel racers. The first annual Top Shelf Breeders Barrel Race is being held October 26th through the 29th, so visit their website now. That's TopShelfBreeders.com. All right, everyone, run fast, be safe. We'll see you soon.